From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. Once more, welcome back to those of you returning for episode number six. And for those who have just joined us, thank you for coming along for the ride on the Cannabis Podcast. This is a Canadian's journey through cannabis culture since legalization occurred here on October 17th. It has been a ride. Let's just say that. I'm not yet prepared to say whether it's been a good ride or a bad ride, because that entirely depends on your perspective. Last week, we did a review of all of the retail locations across our country. Hasn't changed a lot since that last episode was released. Uh, On the upside of that, it looks like there are now seeds available. One of the stories I saw this week saw that the Ontario Cannabis Store online has seeds available, which was a concern for many because although it has been part of the legislation, depending on the province you're living in, I'm going to deal with BC, where it is legal to grow four cannabis plants in your yard, provided they are not visible from any public space. That's fine. I can live with that. But the worry was, well, how can you grow any cannabis if you can't legally get any seeds? Now you can. So that worry is out the door. Looks like they are dealing some of that. I also saw in a news story earlier that Newfoundland was actually selling clones of plants. So there are and is the ability, let me rephrase that and do it in proper English, there is still the ability to grow cannabis up to four plants. And again, it depends from province to province. Manitoba and Quebec, no go in no capacity. Thankfully, I live in the province of British Columbia and I can grow four plants And we're thinking of doing two indicas and two sativas to give us kind of a mix. We live in the Okanagan Valley of British Columbia, which has pristine soil for growing. Our area used to be an orchard years and years ago, so we have deep, dark, rich soil. And I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to grow some real nice cannabis. We'll let you know as that progresses with our crop of two indicas and two sativas. And we'll see where that one goes. This week, I do not have an interview lined up, so it's going to be a whole bunch of paraphernalia about cannabis that we deal with over the course of the show, the various things that I've looked at over the last little bit, maybe do a bit of a retail update as things might have changed by the time this episode is about to go to air. Okay, I use the term air, that's just because I'm old. (laughs) And back in my day, you went to air, you didn't put it into a file and send it out on the internet to be a podcast. One of the curiosities that I think is worth discussing today is perhaps putting a bit more of an emphasis on what it's like when you're just coming in to the cannabis world. So many of us like myself and the people that I have had on as guests have been involved in cannabis since our early years, for years and years. So, so much of this is known to us almost by by human nature. It's become second nature in a lot of senses. But I understand, certainly after having a conversation today with a group of people, that for those just coming into it, there are still a lot of unanswered questions. For example, I sat down with a friend who was curious about cannabis. This was a few weeks ago now. Gave her some ideas for her and her husband to explore as they were looking to introduce themselves to cannabis. 
They have subsequently done that introduction, as I understand. (laughs) And unfortunately, the husband in the couple felt some of the effect. But so far, the woman has experienced no effect. Now, I haven't confirmed what strain they were dealing with. I have not confirmed how much THC there was, whether it was more CBD or anything like that. I do know that they took my advice and used a vaporizer rather than smoking it. And I guess as they were going through the exercise, the preamble or the the pre-meeting we had giving them all this information about cannabis simply opened up a whole bunch of different questions. And that's what they ended up dealing with as they were imbibing. And she ended up just with a whole lot more questions. Well, I'm not experienced in that. He didn't say that. He didn't mention that. So I thought this might be an interesting perspective to talk about today is how things are for somebody new to cannabis. Let me give you an example. In the family of which I am a part of, my wife has four four or five brothers and sisters. (laughs) I shouldn't have to count them. I should know. Some of them actually listen to the podcast, so now I'm a little bit embarrassed. (laughs) But she has, let me see, uh, two brothers and two sisters. There is five in the family. That's what I was trying to say. And it was when we were at one of those sisters' weddings years and years ago, the other sister, who was a guest at the wedding, saw us sneaking out of the hall periodically. Of course, that's what you do when you're at a party and you imbibe. You sneak out and go have a toke every hour or two or however frequently it works for you. So she had been watching us leave the hall periodically over the course of the night. And as we were heading out this one time, she said, can I come with you? absolutely, the more the merrier. So there we were out in the parking lot at this hall somewhere in Saskatchewan. And I pull up the joint, light it up, and start passing it around. She's had a couple of puffs by now, and finally she says, so so how will I know if I'm, if I'm stoned? I just said, I think you'll know. Don't worry about it. We chatted for a little longer, went into the hall. We're now a few minutes later. They had gone off into the bathroom, and I'm kind of standing in the hall, figuring out where I want to go next, and I see them come out of the bathroom, which was right beside the head table, where the bride had placed her really fancy, shiny, sparkly shoes on the ground. (laughs) And as my sister-in-law came out of that bathroom, her eyes caught those sparkly shoes on the ground. She walked over, she picked one of those shoes up, and she is staring at it longingly. And I walked over and tapped her on the shoulder and said, If you were standing in a party hall late on a Saturday night, staring at a pair of shoes, you're probably stoned. (laughs) And she was. She thoroughly enjoyed the rest of the night, as, as did all of us. That's how one experience can go for a first time cannabis imbiber. I've also been involved with others who did not have a good first experience. There are those who cannabis affects so severely that they really do become comatose just after a toke or two. And obviously those kind of people have to be aware of that and be aware of which strain they're smoking and probably kind of stay away from it. My son had a friend like that. It seemed every time he came over, as soon as he had one or two tokes, he was just a basket case. Not that he was doing anything wrong. He basically just vegged out in the chair and fell asleep. So there really is different impacts for different people depending on the strain you're smoking, how you're smoking it, whether you are smoking it, whether you're vaporizing it, whether you are doing it as edibles. And in fact, it can also have a big impact by the people you are around. 
because I'm sure you can talk to anybody who has been around cannabis for years. And there's going to be that one time where they were having a token. There was just somebody around who just did not make it work. They got in the way of everybody's good vibes. You kind of wish that you could push them out the door and say, go away, you're not helping us here. So it can really vary by who is around you when you're imbibing as well. For the first timers, the advice that's being given out at all of the cannabis stores across the country, every single guest that has been on this show has said exactly the same thing too. So let me reiterate that. If you were just starting out, go low and go slow. Try a little bit. See how it works. Have a puff or two, or one toke, as we prefer to call it, or as I prefer to call it. If you feel something, then just let that roll for a while. Let it roll around your head. Put your favorite album on. Watch a favorite movie that you like. Find that inspiration that's going to allow you to now take that cannabis enhancement and enjoy whatever you're doing just a little bit more. If you haven't felt anything, well, Try a little bit more. Low and slow, especially if you're doing edibles. That was the other discovery I made this week. And I don't have the specifics of what the chemical reaction is. But when you ingest cannabis, the liver now creates a different compound of the THC. So it has a different psychoactive effect. And I finally understand why edibles don't do it for me. When I have a hit or a toke of cannabis through my vaporizer or through a joint, there's just a feeling I get that lets me know when I'm high. I've referred to it before as happy eyes. Whenever I feel that, I, I know that I have achieved that. And I have to say, honestly, to this point, edibles have never allowed me to achieve that. And I understand now that it's because it is a slightly different psychoactive reaction to the body based on the fact that it is an edible and not smoked. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And speaking of smoke... I tell you what, let's take a bit of a break from this diatribe. I think it's time we did another Strain Explain. Before I've dealt with sativas, I'm going to flip it over this time. I'm going to do a Strain Explain on an Indica strain. THC, CBD, let's talk about the chemistry. Explain that strain. And as promised, this time around, we're not dealing with another sativa. This time we're going to the other side of the cannabis window, and that is Indica. And today's Strain Explain is on Census Star by Redican, which is an Indica-dominant hybrid. And there is the sound of the duty stamp being broken. It's an Indica-dominant variety strain with a unique pungent aroma with sweet notes. The plant has short and stocky growth habit that results in an appealing, dense bud structure. And as I pull out one of these buds... Oh, that is pretty darn dense, isn't it? Its aroma has a hint of sweetness combined with earthy and citrusy notes. We look at the terpenes involved with Sensi Star. Not a surprise, Caryophylline is there once again. It's been, I think, in pretty well every strain we've talked about so far. For those who don't remember, Caryophylline is a balancing terpene. You'll find it in other foods as well. Basil, oregano, hops, and rosemary. And you'll even find it in some spices, such as cloves, caraway, black pepper, and cinnamon. The caryophylline presents notes of spice and, and pepper, and we picked that up mostly on our strain explained so far. The other dominant terpene in the Sensi Star is myrcene. And that, of course, is not a surprise at all. As we've already talked about, myrcene is often found in larger quantities 
in indica-dominant strains, which Sensistar seems to be. So if you look a little closer at myrcene, it's a mellowing terpene. You'll also find it in other foods, for example, mangoes and wild thyme, hops, lemongrass, bay leaves, and citrus fruits. It has a bit of an earthy and musky scent. Yes, it does. Myrcene is also, as we've already identified, the most common terpene in cannabis. So those are the dominant terpenes. Oh, in Sensistar, it just has a wonderful aroma, I have to say. That's enough looking at it. That's enough talking about it. Let's see what this indica strain does for me. <laughs> and there is the magic two tones, which tells me that the mighty vaporizer is ready to roll. Here's the first toke of Sensistar by Redican. Mmm. Oh, beautiful taste. It's the one thing I really like about the vaporizers, as opposed to often in a joint, you don't really get the taste, but boy, you sure do. With a freshly clean vaporizer and that first puff, first puff. Really tasting the citrus, the earthy tones of it. And just a real nice, sweet taste to Sensitar. Remember I mentioned earlier about that happy feeling behind my eyes? Two hits of Sensistar, and uh, I think I have reached nirvana, as they say. And I'm dealing with, in this particular strain, the THC level is sitting at 22.6%. That's the total THC. The other value that they give is, which we still haven't... Somebody's got to explain that to us one day. The lower value is 0.60% THC. And again, the total is 22.6% THC. And the CBD is way, way low. So there's definitely a lot of THC in this. Mmm. Oh, that's a really nice feeling. Now, I guess one of the reasons why I have done strain explains on sativas up to this point Generally speaking, I'm recording a lot of this in the middle of the day, and, and I like to have my sativas to get through the day on an up note. I don't generally start the indicas until later in the evening. This is going to be an interesting day now, because I am really affected by indicas. There is, for me, and again, cannabis is so unique and so individual. But for me, when I get the right indica strain, and I have a couple hits of that, and I get that really nice buzz... You just feel really good. The head feels good. The body feels good. Very restful. And the danger, of course, for me and for others with particular strains of indica with high THC, it could make you really, really sleepy. So I apologize if I don't get to the end of this episode before I, before I have to go away and just lay down for a little bit and... Maybe, maybe have a nap. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that fast. It's not that hard. But it absolutely does impact it. Sensistar by Redican. Sweet taste. If you're looking for an indica strain, something that has a really nice taste for you. Again, the terpenes are caryophylline and myrcene. Those are the primary ones. Mm, very nice taste. Very nice high. And I have a sneaking suspicion I'm going to sleep really well tonight. But I've got a lot of time before that's going to happen, so I decided to load up another bowl. 
<laughs> Just because this, I'm really enjoying this Instastar. And what it's doing for me, and I thought this is an appropriate time to, let's look at just some of the wild and wacky things that are happening in the world of cannabis around the world and specifically here in Canada, because it seems there's no end to the weird stuff that's going on in our country. Like, I can't believe, and again, I'm really, really happy that I live in British Columbia, because one of the other bizarre ones that I find is what's happening with in Quebec. You probably heard Mark Emery talk about it and others. The fact that their new legislation, when Quebec brought in the legislation, their version of it on October 17th, they have banned the sale of any products bearing a cannabis leaf. I mean, seriously? What is so inherently wrong with the cannabis leaf? And I guess this goes to the point that others are making about this as being really Prohibition 2.0. People are not being encouraged to, to start these businesses, certainly not by government. And then you look at what's happening in Ontario with the lottery for uh, becoming a retailer in that province and the fines that they have to pay. Astounding. Take a look. Look it up. I, I believe if they don't have it running by April 1st, there's like a $12,500 penalty. If they don't have it running by April 15th, there's another $12,500 penalty. And if they don't have it running by April 30th, there's another $25,000 penalty. It's not exactly encouraging for people to, to jump in and, and to do things properly. It kind of gives me the impression people will be rushing through to get it done by their particular date. I don't know. There's just so much weird that's going on right now. I'm still happy that cannabis is legal. Do not get me wrong. As a Canadian, we've come a long way from the days of when we were running around trying to hide every time we got involved with cannabis. But still, having said that, there's still a lot of weird stuff that's going on that just didn't go on before. It's pretty bizarre in that regard. So let's not worry for a moment about the bizarre aspects of what's happened with legalization. Let's talk about some of the positives that are coming on. And one of the first places that I heard that seeds were now available, thanks to our friends at OkanaganZ.com. If you remember back in episode two, we talked to David Wiley, who is the founder of OkanaganZ. And they have been my source whenever I need information about cannabis. I always pop onto their site and see what the latest stories are. And that was the first place I heard that seeds are available at the Ontario Cannabis Store. So that's the screen I have in front of me right now. It's kind of nice that we have a legal outlet, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, to get our seeds. Looks like we are obviously early in the in early days here. Because they only have two seeds available. There's, they're both by Tweed. They have a Baker Street seeds and an Argyle seeds. And they're both indica strains. So there's no sativa seeds available as of this moment. Hopefully that will change later. And that is on the Ontario Cannabis Store. Who knows if that will change in the future. I did note that in Newfoundland earlier, there were clones available. i tell you what, let me pull up the Newfoundland site and let's see if that's still the case. And in fact, that is still the case. I am on Cannabis NL, so that's shopcannabisnl.com. And they have a number of clones available. They have the Optimus clone, which is an indica dominant. Let's see. I'm just going to take a quick peek. Oh, nice. So they have one, two, three, four indica dominant clones that are available. One sativa dominant clone, that is the romantic clone. Might have to pick up one of those. 
18 to 22 percent THC is what that is going to generate. And they also have a hybrid clone. The Lover clone is their hybrid. They're going for $39 each, $39.99 each for each one of those clones. So it does look like growing cannabis will be possible in our country, depending, of course, on the legality of growing said cannabis in your province. I'm in B.C., and in B.C., it is legal to grow four plants that are not visible from a public space, and that's what we plan to do. Now we have seeds we can get to do that, plus we have some clones if we want to save some time and do it that way. Things are looking up on the cannabis front in 2019. And they're even looking a little better than what we had previously thought. As we started this episode, we talked about perhaps a minor update on the retail situation. It has changed ever so slightly. It's interesting, there is a portal, as was mentioned, I think, when I was talking with Blake Laven from the city of Penticton, a portal that tells you all the latest licenses that have been released by the B.C. government. And I've been checking out that portal, and it is updated, well, not really frequently, but when it does get updated, it's because there's a change. There was a change today. There is one more additional cannabis retailer licensed in the city of Vancouver. It's not open yet because I saw a subsequent story about this particular action and this license. And the store is actually not open yet and probably won't be for a few weeks. In fact, they have another store in Vancouver. They are going for licensing. That license has not been granted yet. They're hoping that license will be granted. In fact, that store will probably be the first to open for the city cannabis company. That's the company that was granted the latest license. That brings us on the retail outlet in British Columbia to five retail outlets that are private. And, of course, the one government store, the BC Cannabis Store, still in the city of Kamloops. So now those five stores, there's two in Kimberley. There's Tamarack Cannabis Boutique, Earth's Own Naturals. Those are both in Kimberley. Weed Mart in Pouscoupé. Evergreen Cannabis in Vancouver. They're on 4th Avenue. Apparently, they just opened the other day, actually. And City Cannabis. This particular license is for their Fraser Street location. So that makes five private retailers across the province of British Columbia. We actually now have more than Prince Edward Island, so we're, we're getting better. <laughs> and one of those private retailers, Tamarack Cannabis Boutique, I'm hoping to line up the owner of that store for an interview later this month, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, we'll keep our eye on the BC portal to let you know whenever any new outlets happen to open up and we have another way for us to get our cannabis. So I think it's appropriate at this point, as we reach the conclusion of episode number six, that we give a big shout-out to a couple of people. Mark Emery and his wife, Jody Emery. If you have been involved in any form of cannabis in Canada... Over the last 25 years, because Cannabis Culture is celebrating their 25th anniversary this year, you know the names for Mark and Jody Emery. And especially, I wanted to point out the fact that today, and this on the day this is being recorded at least, it's Jody Emery's 34th birthday. Happy birthday, Jody! You have done such a remarkable job of being an activist for cannabis in our country. We're all appreciative of the efforts that you and Mark have put forth. I hope you enjoy your birthday and I have a sneaking suspicion how you might be enjoying it. Here's to you, Jody. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the conclusion of a solo episode of the Cannabis Podcast. Episode number six is in the can. 
and we are beginning preparation for episode number seven and subsequent episodes. One thing I wanted to point out is if there is ever a time where you have an idea, either for a story we should talk about or a person that we should talk to and have a conversation with, send us a note. There's a number of different ways you can contact us. Info at CannabisPodcast.com will work. Or you can contact us on Twitter. That's at CannabisPodcast. You can also contact us through Facebook. And there it's a little weird because it's not at Cannabis Podcast. It's at Weed Podcast. Surprisingly enough, cannabis cannot be used as an official name for a Facebook page. There's something new. And I probably shouldn't have mentioned that because it slid through so far. And now now I'll go on tomorrow and find out that I've been banned from Facebook. Let's hope not. We are hoping to line up a whole bunch of interviews and we would love your input and your suggestions for people we should talk to so that we can get them lined up on a cohesive pattern. As mentioned before, perhaps lining up people who are imbibing in cannabis are not all that reliable to set up for interviews. Not always, of course, but once in a while, time slips by and you, what was I, what was I talking about? Just like that. More of that is coming your way next week on episode seven. Thank you for being here for episode number six. I hope you enjoyed the excursion and we look forward to more great discussions on cannabis next week on the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.